We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. We're marching against Satan and we're standing for what's right. We won't desert nor surrender. We are soldiers till we die. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Victory is our battle cry. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join our happy throng. We're blood-washed, born-again believers, and we sing a joyful song. King Jesus is our mighty captain, and it's him we shall obey. We're on the battlefield for Jesus, winning souls for Christ today. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to victory beneath the cleansing flood. We're on the battlefield for Jesus. Come and join us in the fight. Though the enemy be all around us, we shall not be put to flight. By faith we know we have the victory, and no matter what the cost, we will fight to rescue hopeless sinners. Not a soul must ever be lost. Oh, victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. He sought me and bought me with his redeeming blood. He loved me ere I knew him, and all my love is due him. He plunged me to Shall never lose it. 
his power till all the ransom church of God be saved to sin no more since by faith I saw the stream thy flowing wounds supply redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die and shall be till I die and shall be till I die
Jesus is all the world to me. I want no better friend. I trust him now. I'll trust him when life's fleeting day shall end. Beautiful life with such a friend. Beautiful life that has no end. Eternal life, eternal joy. One more. Amen. I could listen to that guy sing so well. I could just listen to him sing, right? For ages. It's just uh, that's Darcel McCoy. You could find a half an hour of his songs right here on YouTube uh, at this Fairhaven Media page. It's 30 minutes of his. Darcel McCoy Sr., not Junior, but Sr. Okay, and. Uh, they're definitely good songs and uh, get you awake here. Uh, how about we just do one more here? I just feel like doing this one. Ron Hamilton. Magnify the Lord with me and bless His holy name. Sing praises to His majesty and all His works proclaim. 
Church. Whoops, almost played another one for you. A ministry of Old Pass Baptist Church in Northfield, Minnesota, and we are coming to you live here today. It is 2.08 p.m. Central Time on Monday, and baby is still tucked away in the womb. So uh, keep praying for baby Silas here. Um, if uh, my wife doesn't go into labor, we have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, and uh, they may just induce labor. So we're praying the Lord brings it along, brings him along naturally, and we don't need to do that. So you keep praying for us about that. Uh, what they say to us tomorrow, if we make it that far, all right? But anyway, I hope that um, you're all doing well out there, and you had a good weekend. We had a busy one, and uh, continues uh, to be busy, and I'm thinking about ahead. We've got so much going on. <laughs> We got to have this baby first, but uh, looking uh, at the future here in October, we have three preaching events, uh, three Saturdays in a row. It's like the 14th, the 21st, and the 28th. We'll be preaching in Anoka, the Halloween capital of the world. We'll be preaching there, and there is a zombie pub crawl. We're going, Lord willing, we're going to the zombie pub crawl. And we'll be preaching there, outside of there, uh, I think it's October 14th. So, we're ready for that. Looking forward to that. Uh, and we'll, we'll let you know when that comes up, and we'll be broadcasting live from there, Lord willing. Uh, and all that good stuff, so lots of stuff ahead, right? And uh, And also, I am... In the preliminary stages of planning a trip to Canada. 
and uh, I will take my I will take my family, Lord willing, uh, fourteen hours from here. First, that's the first stop we'll make. It's probably fourteen hours. Okay. To Pastor Jeffrey's church there in Canada. And uh, we're making some preliminary plans. I would be preaching. I'll be preaching in their church, possibly. Uh, I'll be, uh, and then also on the streets. Preaching on the streets there. In Canada. Eh? Eh? All right. So and also, Pastor Jeffrey's let me Jeffrey let me know about some Baptist history there that he reminded me of because I didn't even think about it at that point. I hadn't thought about it yet. But there's Baptist history there. We would be filming for Baptist history, bringing it back. Okay. And using that for some documentary type stuff and some other things later and for our Baptist history class, right? So lots of Baptist history there and um, some other sites. I would want to be around that area, you know, for for two weeks in Canada with my family. We're going to drive there. And, and then... And then figure out, you know, where else to go. I've got folks that listen to us that ask me if I was ever going to come to Canada. Now i got to find out who they are. I don't even remember. But uh got to figure that out. So we're going to start. i got to get passports. But first we got to have a baby. Then we got to get the baby, mom and the baby up and moving, uh, recovered. And then we'll get moving on to passports and and praying about that and giving you an opportunity, if you'd like to, to give towards that. Because we're going to street preach. We're going to evangelize. We're going to preach in the church over there. Hopefully stream live from there. We're going to record Baptist history from there. Some important Baptist history spots. And much more. And evangelize all through Canada, wherever the Lord allows me to that two weeks and hopefully not go to jail and meet Carl and Mary in Canada so lots of things coming So you pray about that for the future. We're we're just setting preliminary plans right now. All this is obviously has to be the will of the Lord. And don't forget, I have a busy winter ahead of me. Brother Andrew and I. Brother Andrew and I. We have tons of video to put together from Europe. Documentaries to put together for Europe. I want to do one on the Colosseum and Constantine and the Colosseum. Okay. 
One on Rome, the Vatican. I just showed you preliminary stuff. That's nothing. I'm going to do a lot more than that. Okay. All that good stuff. So we we got some we got some planning to do. We got I got a busy winter ahead when the street preaching backs off a bit because it's freezing. I'm going to take my footage. I'm going to steal some of Carl's footage. I'm going to get me some of that new Grange footage. Right? Some of that secret new Grange footage. Right, Joey? Right, Joey? Where you at, Joey Mac? Right, Joey Mac? Okay. I got all that footage. Lots of Europe footage footage to use. Lots of footage to use from Europe, okay? So we're going to be doing that. Lots of fun stuff this winter when I'm freezing and I stick inside and I'm like stuck inside like a stick in the mud. We'll go back through all those things. All right? We'll get to using that stuff, all right? And I plan on keeping you busy in the winter here. I'm going to try to talk to people from all over the world this year through our broadcasts and interview some people. Pastor Jeffrey, we're going to interview and talk to him. We're going to... We're going to maybe get a hold of Ross Duncan with with his thick accent. Okay. Lots of good stuff on the way. All right. So lots of work. Becca says, call me crazy, but I love winter. Well, I'm glad you love it. The only thing it's going to be good for for me is keeping busy inside, getting all the studying, reading, PowerPoints, putting that European footage to good use. All that good stuff. And I do want to meet Daryl and Teresa. On the way to Michigan, on the way to Oh Canada. I want to meet I want to meet them on the way there. Because I gotta go through Detroit. I might stop by and see my friend David Ickes. Micah! How goes the battle? So, okay, lots to do. 
You pray for us. Lots going on. All right. I'm going to sneeze. Excuse me. All right. Sorry about that. Oh, COVID. Oh, no, just kidding. It's not. So, that's what we got going on. I might see David Ickes when I go towards Detroit there. Stop by and he can buy me dinner. That guy makes way more money than me. He can buy me dinner. Anyway. All right. See what happens. All right. Don't forget about our monitors we have to buy. We need two of them. We got like 300 bucks towards them, I think. Yeah, something like $300 towards them. We need two of these. It's 1100 bucks. We need about 800 more dollars for this. Pray about what the Lord would have you do. Maybe you're out there and you've been wanting to support the ministry for a while and you had some extra dollars. All right? Um, give towards that if you'd like. If not, just pray for us. You don't have to give us anything. Just pray. You can pray and you can ask God to reach, speak to somebody else's heart. Okay? Here's how you do it. Oldpassbaptistchurch.org. Click on PayPal. Click on Venmo. Click on Apple Pay. One of those. Uh, go to our sermon audio page. You can click on give right there. That'll take you to our PayPal page. Our PayPal address is salvationpreacher at gmail.com. Salvationpreacher at gmail.com. And let's see. Or you can mail us something to 1030 South Highway 3, Northfield, Minnesota, 55057. Please don't put it in the name of Old Paz Baptist Church. We are not a corporation. We are not a 501c3. Put it in my name or Pastor Jason Cooley. Or you can put it in our big, long trust name. Jason L. Cooley, pastor slash trustee of Old Paz Baptist. You can do that if you want. But going to the same place anyways. Matter. Uh, they're all gifts. They're not income. That's the law. That's the way it works. Praise the Lord. That's something. Did you know that you could be gifted up to, like, I think it's by one person, like, $19,000 a year, something like $17,000 a year without claiming that on taxes? Is it? That's something. That's right in their law. Isn't that something? Yeah, so when people have given for the ministry, I mean, they're given to, like, you know, build this. One year you guys gave to build this. Got the studio built, praise the Lord. Then you gave to the European trip, and all that was gifts to go ministry. It wasn't like cash in my pocket. I didn't. I bought Carl gross cheeseburgers with man. That guy eats gross. Anyway. Um, but, uh, I brought very good food, but I brought Carl gross food. That's what I did. I brought, Hey, I, I bought very good food. Carl. I brought him, bought him gross boogers. You want a booger, Carl? Give me a ham booger. Like my dad calls it ham booger. No, Dad, that's hamburger. Boogers are what's in your nose. Dad's like, I want a hamburger. It's not a booger, Dad. It's a hamburger. 
Carl, he eats gross. He ate the grossest looking burgers and food. He's like, hey, dude, I could eat for 43 cents and I could feed my entire village for four. I'm at I'm at the, I'm at the airport. Carl's like, look, man, I can eat for forty three cents, man. I can eat this whole meal and I can share it with Mary. Feed the woman, will you? Knock it off. She doesn't want that stinking old nasty candy bar over there. Feed the woman some food. Quick, give her that espresso sandwich thing from like I don't know. They pulled it out of a vending machine from like nineteen seventy five. Carl's like, look, this looks good. It's five bucks for everything. Yeah, you eat good because Mary cooks good. That's why you eat good. Anyway, I I had to, I'm like, Carl's like at a, a fish and chips place, and he's like, hey, I think I'll get a booger. You don't need a booger. But me and Mary and Andrew, what did we eat? Fish and chips. And Mary, the smallest person with us, got the got the biggest piece of fish. I'm like, why do they got to pick on the fat guys? Why do they give the skinny little lady the big piece of fish and give me that little itty bitty piece of fish? Okay, anyway, I'm done ranting now. I do like to have fun, though. Aren't you glad you're not on YouTube anymore where everybody would come on and be like, oh, shut up and get to it already. Aren't you glad those people are gone? I am. Those people were annoying. I know, I'm just messing with Carl. I like to have fun with him. But anyway, hey, who remembers how good those fries were, though? Carl, those chips were good, weren't they? Do you remember the chips, Mary? They were good at that fish place. They had some good fries. I call them fries. It It niggled me a little bit. I was niggled. I was niggled a little bit when they called them chips, but I was I was in England. And I must say, my good man, I liked England. I enjoyed jolly old England. I know. I ate some of her fish. Great. Anyway, all right. And remember that time that Mary, Mary, do you remember that time that Carl had the coffee cup bigger than his head? Remember, it had two handles on it for him to hold it, and when he held it up, you couldn't even see his face? Do you remember that? Am I the only guy that remembers Carl with the absolutely huge mug of coffee that was bigger than his head? I was like, whoa, Carl, where did you get that? That cup of coffee. Remember how huge that was? It had two handles on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's bigger than Carl. <laughs> oh. 
and all and all <laughs> do you remember it carl do you remember it do you remember the double-handed coffee mug that you had it was like this <laughs> it was like a whole pot of coffee in there man <laughs> carl's holding that thing up like this can't see his head whole head covered was that at Costa? Is that where it was? Oh man. It Becca, it's not as big as your cell phone, though. Your cell phone is the bit is like a television. I'll tell you what everybody needs to see is Becca's little head and her gigantically huge cell phone. It was huge though. Barry knew it was huge. Andrew reminded me of that the other day. I forgot about that. And Andrew reminded me that thing was humongous. Carl's walking around with this mug. But. But. But here's the thing. Here's the the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That mug could still fit in the pocket of Carl's triple-size sweatpants he was wearing. It's a good thing he's not a thief because as big as that mug was, his triple-size sweatpants that he was wearing that he almost fell through a few times, could have that, that mug could have fit in his pocket. I'm not kidding. Not kidding at all. That was a big mug, man. Andrew was so not used to coffee in Europe. When Andrew got coffee in England and he got this little little espresso thing, he felt like he was ripped off. I'm like, Andrew, you do realize there's more caffeine in that little cup right there than you get in a whole mug of coffee. He's like, I just need something to drink. Sounded like the Lipton tea guy. Remember those commercials back in the 80s? It ain't over. It just needs something to drink. Remember that guy that was like Rocky? That was funny. Anyway, uh, quit ringing that bell. I can't concentrate. It, it, It was pretty funny, though. Andrew finally got an Americana, and he felt like he was at home. Then the guy insulted me at the... Remember when the guy insulted me at the at the Costa place? Oh, that's American coffee. We serve British... Not American coffee. And remember when I was in the British Museum and Harry was making fun of me and I was like, hey, Harry, we won. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. I just, I kind of just want to go back to Europe to harass people. <laughs> I enjoyed myself. <laughs> ah, we'll do it again. Next time I go to Europe, I want to take my wife to Europe. I do. I really did. I really did enjoy the. Uh... Oh, there it is. <laughs> Look at Carl's coffee cup. If you stuck it up to his skinny little head, 
Help! Somebody stole John Lennon and stuck him in Carl's clothes. <laughs> oh. There, there's, there's like eight, there's like 18 shots of espresso in that guy's cup right there. Somebody help John Lennon, John Lennon stole Carl's clothes. All I got to say is Mary's a patient woman. She's an extremely patient woman. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Oh, that is funny. Just stick if you stuck if you stuck that up to Carl's head right there, you wouldn't even be able to see his head. I just want you to know that. <laughs> and hey, I had I had to join the party. I couldn't let Carl do that all on his own. So I joined the party. By the way, the reason why I look like I'm 800 years old here and tired is because I didn't sleep. So uh, I had jet lag bad and when I got here and I couldn't sleep. Man, was I rough. But this is my pinky sticking out my Carl. I, this is me making fun of Carl drinking his drink right there. That's what that, That's what that is right there. So... Anyway, I too had the big cup of coffee. Only my head's fatter than Carl's, so you could actually see my head. Uh, you can't see Carl's because he's got a skinny little head on him. But uh, anyway, there is there is my king cup of coffee right there too. But it doesn't look as big on me as it does on Carl. Uh that coffee cup saw L. Oh, that sorry. I was I was singing like Carl. Did, did, didn't know you had that. Uh Carl didn't know he had that that secret picture right there. But he did. Hey, on another note while I'm waiting. My daughter made these great, these great dinner rolls. Look at these. Don't these look great? Did a good job with that. I think she's hired. Okay, anyway. Um, so, nice picture. Ian Carl with oversized, uh, Coffee mugs. I was jet lagged so bad. I was jet lagged so bad on that trip. Oh my word. It just really, it shook my brains up bad. Anyway, the coffee at Costa was good, but not as good as Italy. 
The coffee in Italy? Oh, my goodness. The espresso in Italy? You ask Carl. I don't care where you go in Italy. Wherever you go in Italy. You just, the coffee. Espresso. Oh. And those chocolate hazelnut danishes or whatever they were. Oh, my goodness. Carl, that fresh orange juice that Carl wouldn't get. He's like, I ain't paid for that orange juice. I'm like, I am. I got it for Andrew, too. Andrew and I had fresh squeezed orange juice. Man, was that good. Yep. Anyway, okay. I better get to our lesson here. I've had enough ranting going on, and I guess I I better finally get to what. Yeah, you all slept like babies, and me. Oh. Ooh, that was stuff. Ooh. Ah. I almost accidentally ordered an alcoholic uh uh coffee over over in Ireland. <laughs> I was like, hey, what's that Irish coffee about, Joe? He's like, I'm like, I'll get one of those. He goes, uh. <laughs> like, what's that? He's like, that's liquor, man. I was like, oh, okay, I won't get that. I'm like a zombie. I'm tired. <laughs> I think I got like, I was at that place and I I was so tired. And Joe bought us a a really nice breakfast there at the hotel. We had a really nice breakfast. There was a nice hotel in Ireland. And I had, I had, uh, oh, that orange juice. Andrew with the pictures. Look at this orange. I'm telling you. This, this is, I think this is me eating this. Yeah, that's me. Oh, this is so good. Are you guys get? I know I said I was done ranting. Are you guys getting tired of hearing this? This is the espresso, which was, oh my God, so good. So this right here is that chocolate hazelnut thing I was telling you about. Oh! It, and that's the cannoli right there. And that orange juice right there. This is in Italy. That orange juice was so good. Right? That orange juice was good, man. I think that's what Andrew got. I think this this little strawberry shortcake thing had to be in. Talk more about Carl. <laughs> what do you want me to say about him? <laughs> Carl, I need these pictures, Andrew. I got to get some of these pictures that Andrew has. Anyway. That food was excellent. Oh, by the way, back to Joe in Ireland. When we are in Ireland eating or at, in the morning, uh, I was like, all right, give me a double. That guy, that guy from Ireland, that waiter, he's like, he's like, that's four shots. Like, yeah, I'm American. Look at me, man.
And I think Ma- Mary, Mary, <laughs> I'm sorry. Mary, Mary was laughing so hard because I kept doing my Irish accent. I don't remember where we were at when I was doing that. It wasn't there, but it was when we left there and I kept doing it. I just remember they're looking and laughing. She's sitting on, she's, her and Carl are sitting over there laughing their heads off. <laughs> oh, man, that was fun. Oh. I also have a, I also have a ton of video of, of uh, in the car with Harry. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm sorry. You guys are probably getting bored. I better stop. It's it. Oh, we'll show you a bunch of video this winter. We'll get more video and we'll show you more pictures and video. Oh, I laughed. I really did. It was it. Was, Yeah, it was really. Oh, anyway. So you pray about all these things coming up, okay? And especially the baby and all that stuff. And Oh, I know, uh, Carl, I could go on and talk about Scotland. When I was preaching in Scotland and, and Carl goes... I could hear you like two blocks away. <laughs> Some guy was like, turn him down. And, and Ross is like, no. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the Bible study? Let's get to it here. We're going to talk about our favorite subject, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. And uh, we're going to talk about the Lord here, and we're going to get into back into our study here. Uh, whole thing. Okay, we will move into. We're going to move back into our study of. Of uh, we talked, we started this last week. Jesus Christ, the good man or the God man, okay? And we talked about the Lord, and we talked about who Jesus is, and um, now we're going to talk about uh. Now we're now we're going to talk about more specifically. We're going to finish up with our study on Christ, uh, his divinity, and then we're going to move in to talk about Christ's humanity. That's the next place that we're going to go. Okay, we're going to talk about Christ's humanity, and but first we'll talk about his divinity. Okay. So let's get to it here. Who says that Jesus Christ is God? We want to finish up with some of this that we didn't finish up with the other day. 
David called him God. In Matthew chapter 22, it's recording that David, what David had said in the Old Testament. Matthew 22, Jesus is saying this. Matthew 22, 43 through 45. He saith unto unto them, How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? Saying, saying, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then call him Lord, how is he his son? How about Isaiah called him God in Isaiah 7? 7. Remember that little mini Bible in the Bible, right? Isaiah chapter 7. Verse 14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Being interpreted, God with us, right? We know that from the New Testament. Again, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We, we've been through some of these already, so I'm not going to read them all to you. Uh, we're not going to go back through those. John called him God in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Remember 1 John 3, 16. I'm skipping around some of these because we've already talked about them in our previous study. So we're just kind of continuing on here. 1 John 3, 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God because he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. And again, 1 John 5, 20. And we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that, that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. The blind man in John chapter 9 called him God. John chapter 9, verse number 35. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemous, because I said, I am the Son of God. If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in him. Thomas called him God. And Thomas answered and said unto him, remember what Jesus said in verse 26, and after eight days, again, his disciples were within and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, reach hither thy finger and behold my hands and reach hither thy hand and thrust it into my side. And be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. Remember, Peter called him God. Acts chapter 10. 
34 to 36. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. The word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. Amen. All called him God. Remember Acts chapter 20? People wonder, well, uh, they didn't call him God. Oh, yes, they did. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. And course we've read these other verses before we won't continue god the father called him god in hebrews 1 8 and 9 but unto the son he saith thy throne o god is forever and ever a scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity therefore god even thy god hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows and thou lord in the beginning hast laid the foundation of the earth and the heavens are the works of thine hands. Amen. He's quoting Psalm 45. By the way, we talked about this too. They worship Jesus. The Bible teaches that it's idolatry and wickedness to worship anyone or anything other than the one true and living God. Matthew 4.10 says that. Exodus 34 says that. Therefore, the fact that Jesus... Christ accepted worship as indisputable evidence that he is almighty God. The elect angels refused to accept worship in Revelation 19.10. Look at that. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, see thou do it not. I am thy fellow servant and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. The apostles also refused to worship, uh, refused worship to themselves. Acts 14. And when the people saw that Paul had done, they lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men, and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mer- Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Then the priests of Jupiter, which was before their city, brought oxen and garlands out of the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people, which when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of, they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out and saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you. And preach unto you that you should turn from these vanities unto the living God, which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein. Who in times past suffered all nations to walk in their own ways. So they refused it. The Lord Jesus Christ, though he is repeatedly worshipped by those who approached him and not once 
Does the Bible record that he corrected those who worshipped him or refused worship? Now, here's something that's important to understand. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a source of questions that people have about this topic. And it's a good one to review, okay, and to talk about. So, so we're going to go through that a little bit, and, and we'll, we'll kind of cover that, um, help clear some things up. What about the verses which seem to say that Jesus is less than the Father? Some people will take Mark 13. Verse 32. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Christ might have been referring in this sense to the completeness of his union with and submission to the Father. John William Bergen said this about it. He said, Our Savior does not deny that the knowledge of that day and hour dwells in the fullest measure with the Son, but he mysteriously intimates in conformity with what is found to have been his practice on many other occasions that the Son himself does but know because of his oneness with the Father, the fountainhead of all knowledge and of all being, who had reserved that secret from the holy angels themselves. He knows because the Father knows. He would not know if not the father knew okay this verse is also connected with the lord's incarnation what is hebrews chapter 2 verse number 7 or excuse me philippians chapter 2 verse number 7 tell us here's where the mystery comes in great is the mystery of godliness right here's where we have to try to explain the mystery of godliness. This We talked about this verse a little bit on Friday, but we'll continue on. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Jesus made himself a man. He subjected himself to manhood. That word of no reputation, it means to empty or to abase, to make of none effect. So, it's describing the act of Christ in emptying himself from his infinite powers and heavenly glory out of a place, out of place or too great to be used in the finite limitations and local form of the human life to which he came. In his kenosis, the eternal son dropped for the time being the exercise of certain powers and attributes, but he remained himself. He who lays these aside is not himself laid aside. He was still God the Son in holy will, divine desire, righteous purpose, and immaculate love. The infinity of powers not needed or suited within the narrow scope of the human life. 
he laid aside. Jesus himself taught this doctrine before Paul did. He referred more than once to his personal preexistence. He said, and now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. In John 17, 5, and again, what and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? In John 6, 62. Here then is that mystery. Jesus was fully man, fully God, but subjected himself to the flesh. In other words, in heaven, Jesus as the eternal son of God wouldn't have been hungry. You understand? Jesus, the eternal son of God in heaven, because he is fully God, would not have uh, been tired. He wouldn't need to sleep. He wouldn't need to rest. He wouldn't need to drink water. Why? Because he's the son of God. And he didn't subject himself yet until he came. And made himself a man. You understand the difference? While on earth here, he subjected himself. And made himself a man. So he, he, he suffered the same things that a man would suffer without a sin nature. He got hungry. He got tired. He got sad. He cried. His heart was broken. He went through denial. He was betrayed. He had grief, grief that affected him as a man. He wept when his friends died. He suffered what death would be. That's his, that's his humanity. Modernists have tried to misuse the Philippians passage in support of their view that Jesus Christ is not God. Yet the Lord Jesus Christ in no sense gave up his deity in his incarnation. Philippians 2, 5, 8, it, uh, 2, 5 through 8 plainly says Christ was in the form of God and took the form of a servant. This verse is also connected with the son's submission to the father. 
The Bible reveals the one God in three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. All are God and are co-equal, but there is an order within the Godhead so that the Son submits to the Father. This is what we see in Mark 13, 32. Does that make Jesus less? No, he's God. But in the Godhead, they're three in one. All God. But there is recognized in the persons God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. See the difference? But all fully God. An interesting study is when Corinthians talks about then shall when he hath delivered up all things unto his father. Deep stuff, man. Lewis Talbot said it this way, the reference is perfectly clear when one bears in mind the purpose of Mark's gospel to portray Jesus as the faithful servant of Jehovah. Christ says in John 15, 15, the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. How significant that Mark, who presents Jesus as the perfect servant, should record this statement about the hour of his return as King of kings and Lord of lords. Matthew also makes a similar statement in Matthew, in Matthew 24, 36. Likewise in Luke and in Acts 1-7. In the aspect of his ministry as a servant, our Lord made a voluntary surrender of certain knowledge in order that he might walk the walk of faith and thus be an object lesson to all believers. While he ever remained the eternal son of God, co-equal and co-eternal with the father, yet as a servant, he chose a limitation of his knowledge bounded by the father's will. I have a hard time understanding that. I know you just got to believe it by faith. Because we really don't understand a lot of things. They're pretty deep. Right? Deep stuff. We just believe it by faith and trust the Lord through it. And we don't understand it all. We won't understand. Side. But we just believe God. That's what we do. We believe God. Amen. That, that mystery of godliness. Now, let's talk about the humanity of Christ. We talked about him being fully God. Now let's prove and show from the scriptures that he's fully man. How about the fact that Jesus was given human names? Matthew one twenty one. He shall bring forth the and she shall bring and she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins.
Luke, Luke chapter 19. For the Son of Man is coming to seek and to save that which was lost. Acts 7.56. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. How about the fact that Jesus had human ancestry? Look at his lineage in Luke chapter 2. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. About Acts 13. It says that of this man's seed hath God, according to his promise, raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. Real seed. Matthew chapter. 1 verse 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. I think this is an important one to, to understand. This is a very important one. To get down. And that's um, Jesus' human, his humanity. It's the fact that he, he possessed a physical nature. John chapter 1, verse number 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. The Word was made flesh. The Word is Jesus. Capital W is Jesus. Hebrews 2.14 For as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same. I lost my place here. Here we go. For as much as his children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. He took, he also himself likewise took part of the same. Blood. Yeah. 1 John 4, 3. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Wherever ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Right?
already now already is it in the world? Next verse. Jesus was subject to the laws of human development. How about that? Matthew. The laws of human development. 4, 1 through 11. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit in the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command that these stones be made bread. And he, But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil take them up into the holy city and set them on a pinnacle of the temple and saith unto him, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee. And in their hands, they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thy, thou dash thy foot against a stone. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain and show him all the kingdoms of the world, the glory of them. Saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then says Jesus, said, saith Jesus unto him, get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, him only shalt thou. Amen. How about Mark chapter 6? Is not this the carpenter's son? The son of Mary, the brother of James and Jose and Judah and Simon and are not his sisters here with us? They were offended at Like, didn't we watch this boy grow up? Luke 2, 4. When they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. Right? Look at verse 46. And it came to pass that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the doctors, both hearing them and asking them questions. And all that heard were him were astonished at his understanding and answers. What did his mom ask him? And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. And when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. Lowercase f. Jesus corrects her with a capital F. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? <laughs> Man, that had to be an eye-opener. Could you imagine that? Could you imagine that one right there? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? 
And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. Right? Not like what the chosen teaches. Right? Hang on one second. this one they show a faulty account of it i think when they see this version of jesus portrayed i think it really does it it matters that he's merciful that he's he's extending a lot of grace um he has his own flaws in a human way. Like, he's very relatable. Jesus, please don't do that again, huh? Yes, Abba. Married. We'll see. Hmm? Come now. We've got a long journey. What are you going to do for your mother for this transgression, huh? Jesus, please don't do that again, huh? Yes, Abba. Married. We'll see. Hmm? Come now. We've got a long journey. What are you going to do for your mother for this transgression, huh? Wow. Remember that? That's not what happened, is it? This is what happened. Jesus went down and was subject to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Now, you might say right now, well, how does Jesus increase in favor with God? Because he's already the son of God. Well, remember. He made himself a man. So he is being the last Adam. Right? He is coming and fulfilling all righteousness. Okay? Hebrews 2.18. This is Jesus' humanity. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, 
to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. What does that word mean? Succor to deliver the tempted. Hebrews 5.8. Though he were a son. Well, let's back up here. As he saith also in another place, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son. Yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. You understand? Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which He suffered. Then. And being made perfect, he became the author of eternal salvation to all them that learned. We're a son. See, Jesus went through the natural. The natural um, process sense. He was he natural physical nature in that in that sense. Okay, how about this one? Let's go with specifics. We just talked about some of these, but we'll talk about more of them. Actually, I'll tell you what we'll do. Let's play a song here. We'll take a little break. I'm going to put your thinking caps on over the next one. Next uh, group of verses that we do. Give you a, a little break.
These verses in Hebrews that we talk about, though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. I think they're fascinating. You know, it talked about it talks about Christ securing us through all things because he went through all things. He was at uh, this is another verse that I think is an amazing one. Um, Look at this. Look at I, I I never noticed this before, but in all points is actually twice in the Bible. Old Testament reference, New Testament. Look at the Old Testament. And this also is a sore evil. That in all points as he came, so shall he go. And what profit hath he that hath labored for the wind? In Hebrews 4.15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, Christ was in all points tempted like as we are. All points. Nothing, no temptation was left out to tempt Christ with. Yet he still was victorious. 
he still defeated sin. He still defeated death. He still triumphed over it. Now, so those verses are always fascinating to me, but they deal with his humanity. They show you that he was in all points tempted like as we are. All temptations were thrown at him. The man, as God, did not fail. But it did not mean that he was not tempted. <laughs> it's deep, isn't it? See, I'm trying to figure that out. Well, that's like trying to figure out the hypostatic union and understand it. The, the mystery of godliness. Great is the mystery of godliness. It's challenging to try to understand that and wrap your brain around that. But, but how be it these things come by the Spirit? They, we believe them by faith. We cannot understand them wholly. Completely on this side. We have a finite mind. Understand the infinite is not easy. It's only, uh, it's, it's attained by faith. Right, that's why some people believe that they can be sinless too. But the point is, is that Jesus was sinless because he's God. Because we know that Adam was not sinless. Right? We know Adam sinned. And all men failed except Jesus. When you read the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, there's only one man that never failed. And that is the man Christ Jesus. Christ never failed. Christ never sinned. That's just the deep truth. Then, all right, let's move on here. Jesus possessed a physical nature. John one fourteen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. The glory is the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Right? Uh, how about this? Jesus was subject to normal human characteristics. He hungered. Remember Matthew chapter 4? Look at this. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward a hungered. And he was hungry. Matthew 21. 18. Now in the morning as he returned into the city, he hungered. When he saw a fig tree in the way, he came to it and found nothing thereon, but leaves only, and said, said unto it, let no fruit grow on thee henceforward forever. And presently the fig tree withered away. He was hungry. He was hungry. Jesus had hunger. By the way, hunger will tempt you to do a lot of things that you wouldn't do if you weren't hungry. 40 days and 40 nights of no food 
that's when Satan came at the most inopportune time of temptation. That's when Satan came. By the way, that's when he's going to come after you too. When it's a bad time to come after you because you're really weak. Right? So here's this, here's Jesus and he's hungry. Here comes the devil. What does he tempt him with? The very thing that, that he's going through. The very weakness that he has at that point. I'm not talking about moral weakness because Jesus morally is God. Okay, I'm talking about physically. It's not a sin to be hungry, right? It's not, that's not a sin. But he tempted him to try to get him to sin through his weakness of the flesh. Right? Because his flesh was weak, hungry. That's what he, that's not a, that's a, that's not wrong to say that. It's true. Hungry. Subjected himself and made himself a man to go through what it's like to be hungry and to starve. And what's Satan do? He comes along and tempts him. He thirsted. John chapter 4. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, give me to drink. He became weary. Look, John chapter 4, verse 6. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Wait, Jesus is God, and he could be weary? Yeah, because he's fully man, too. It's not a sin to be weary. He was weary. Therefore, being wearied. Thirsty. Weary. Like you get weary. Just like physically you break down sometimes. Right? Just like physically you're hungry. Thirsty. You're weary. Jesus had to sleep. Matthew 8, 24. And behold, there arose a great tempest in the sea, and so much the ship was covered with the waves, but he was asleep. Jesus had to sleep. He was tired. Say, well, he he prayed all night sometimes. So he must not have ever been tired. No, he was tired. He prayed all night and he got tired. He needed to sleep. There's times when you and I, we need to sleep. Holy God and fully man. 
He had compassion and he had love. Matthew 9, 36. But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. He had compassion on them. Loved. Thirty-seven. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings? Would not. Mark ten twenty-one. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. Thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. Loved him. Jesus could be angry and grieved at times. God loves everybody. God's not mad at anybody. Really? Mark 3, verse 4. He saith unto them, Is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath days or do evil, to save life or to kill? Held there. John 2. And when he had made a scourge of small cords, he drove them all out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured out the changers' money and overthrew the tables and said unto them that sold doves, Take these things hence, make not my father's house a house of merchandise. See, he drove them out of the temple, a scourge of small cords, and he drove them all out of the temple and overthrew the tables. Could you imagine being there and watching that? Y'all, these modern-day yahoos. All these modern-day yahoos, what they say. How'd you be more like Jesus? What do you want me to do, flip tables over and whip you? Make small cords and whip you out of the temple? (laughs) You should act more like Jesus. Okay, give me a whip. I'll run into Joel Osteen's church. I'll grab a whip. I'll start whipping people and I'll start throwing the, the money changers out. Right? No, probably not. Probably not, huh? That's being more like Jesus, isn't it? That'd be more like Jesus. 
That's what he did. He trusted, just like you have to. He trusted, Hebrews 5, 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying, tears unto him that was able to save him from death, was heard that he feared. He wept. John 11.35, Jesus wept. It's like a man, because he was fully man. Luke 19, 41. When he was come near, he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace, but now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee, that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee, encompass thee round, and keep thee in on every side, and shall lay thee even with the ground, and thy children within thee, and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another, because thou knowest knowest not the time of thy visitation. He went into the temple and began to cast out them that sold therein and them that bought, saying, It is written, My house is the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. Wept. Jesus prayed. Matthew 14, 23. When he had sent the multitude away, he went up into the mountain apart to pray. And when the even was come, he was there alone. Jesus prayed. He was sorrowful. Look at Matthew 26. Listen, my friends. When you have struggles and heartaches and your heart is broken and your, your heart is so filled with sorrow and grief, You need to remember Gethsemane. If you want to learn who Christ is, if you want to grow in the Lord, many times the only way that that truly happens is when you go through deep sorrow, rejection, grief, pain, suffering, betrayal, agony, brokenness. If you'll want to draw closer to Jesus Christ, you'll draw closer to him through his humanity. Understanding we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. He is touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And you learn that by taking a little trip to Gethsemane and seeing Jesus in Gethsemane in the garden. He is the man of sorrows. And acquainted with grief. 
Verse 36. Then cometh Jesus with them unto a place called Gethsemane, and saith unto the disciples, Sit ye here while I go yon- I, while I go and pray yonder. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, began to be sorrowful, very heavy. You understand that he's that he's getting ready to take the sins of the whole world upon him? And all he asked his friends to do was to pray for him. What did they do? Went to sleep. He's about ready to be betrayed. Given over. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful. I know what that sorrow is like. I've been through it. Not to the extent that Christ has been. But I know what that sorrow is like. My soul is exceeding sorrowful. Even unto death. He said his sorrow was about to kill him. You say, I've been through some sorrow in my life. I know. I believe you have. But I'm telling you, you leave out your consolation when you don't go to Gethsemane, when you don't go there and you don't learn of him. And you don't see what he went through. Then saith he unto them, my soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou wilt. He cometh unto unto the disciples and findeth them asleep and saith unto Peter, What? Did you not watch with me one hour? Watch, pray, that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again the second time and prayed, saying, O my father, if this cup may not pass away from me except I drink it, thy will be done. He came and he found them asleep again, for their eyes were heavy, and he left them and went away again and prayed the third time, saying the same words. Isaiah 53.3, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. We hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Chastisement of our peace was upon him. With his stripes, we were All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. The Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. 
Though pressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb. So he openeth not his mouth. That's Jesus. That's the man of sorrows. Also, Jesus had a body. We've talked about this already, but John 1, 14. This all proves he's a man. And by the way, you'll get closer to him when you realize when you start. It's not till it's been my experience that men do not study the man Christ Jesus, his earthly life here. They don't study it until they go through sorrow. Look at that, John 1, 14, and the word was made flesh. Hebrews 2, 14. Sorrow makes us relate more. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Jesus had a soul, has a soul. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, 38. Then saith he unto them, My soul is exceeding sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. Luke 23, verse 43. And Jesus said, said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. It is spirit. It said a spirit, Luke Six. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. Having said thus, he gave up the ghost. And of course, one of the greatest proofs that Jesus Christ is fully man, he died. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again from the dead, see, he defeated death. Jesus is called a man both before and after his resurrection. Look at Acts 17. Verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he raised he hath raised him from the dead. That man that he raised from the dead. First Timothy two five. For there is one God. And one mediator between God 
and men. The man, Christ Jesus. Amen. So I would encur- one thing I would encourage. is for you to study the sorrows of Christ. For you to study when you're feeling sorrowful, you're feeling broken, and you're feeling like nobody cares, and you just don't see how this Christian life can apply to the great sorrow that you have in your heart. Go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Matthew 26, verse 36. Go to the garden and see his sorrow, how he sweat drops of blood. Luke twenty two forty four. and being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Think about that. Look at that. When he was at the place, he said unto them in Luke chapter 22, verse 40, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. There appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Friend, that's some sorrow right there. That's some sorrow. There's a book also that I would recommend. And, um... Great source of comfort to me, and I did a broadcast on it. It is called The Sympathy of Christ with Man, its teachings. It's teaching and it's consolation. It was a great source of comfort for me when I went through depression. And my copy is at the meeting house, and man, it is all underlined and written on and everything. Brother Scott ordered a bunch of books for folks, and we I handed some of those out. I sent some out. Um and I've given some away to, to brethren in Christ and families and different people. You know, I've, given, I've given them some of those books. And they're just a great blessing to me. But you ought to read this. Octavius Winslow deals a lot with... Um, Octavius Winslow deals a lot with people that have hurt, Christians that are hurt, oppressed. They, they've dealt with desertion. 
and and it, here it is. It's right here. We'll get it, Carl. We'll put it in with your uh with your box that we're gonna ship over. Octavius Winslow, Sympathy of Christ. And in this it talks about the book talks about you know uh the sorrows of Christ. And how you and I can be encouraged by what Christ went through and how he, can, he will strengthen us. But it, it goes into the humanity of Christ. And it explains how Christ was fully God, yet fully man. And at this time, I was going through depression. And I was battling that. I think it ended in in like 2021, but it was about three that I went through a very difficult time in my life. But these books helped me. This was one of the books. I mean, obviously, I lived in the Psalms. I lived in Job. I lived in the Bible. I wrote so much. I wrote a lot. And I, I was commenting to the guys the other day that I wrote so much. commented to Carl and those guys on the thread that I wrote so much. I'm going to go back and teach some of the things I wrote. Some things I did teach, but some of it I didn't. Got a lot of outlines on verses and devotionals. I'll probably teach on sometime. There'll be a blessing to somebody. But anyway, I recommend that for you to understand. Okay? All right, everybody. That's it for today here, but... Let's play a song, and if you want to say hi, give you a chance, and then we'll get out of here. i got to go make some homemade pizza with my daughters here. Um, let's see. I know I play this song a lot, but. Yeah. 
everybody i will keep in touch with you about everything and let you know uh, about the baby and all that please keep us in your prayers and we appreciate that and again if you'd uh, pray for us number one number two if you'd like uh, to give to the ministry and give towards the needs here for these monitors let me know uh you can do that uh, through our website oldpassbaptistchurch.org go there click on the donate button it's on there you can find it right there and you can get there, or you can go to our sermon audio page, click on Give right there, or you can scroll down to the bottom of the page, and our address, and you can mail something to 1030 South Highway 3, Minnesota, 557. All right, everybody. God bless you all. Take care. And uh, we'll uh, hear from you soon here, and just keep praying for us. Praise the Lord.